Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Creative Punjabis with Jasmeet Narang. While in the last episode we talked about how important is taking a pause, but ironically the guest in today's episode hasn't taken a pause at least for the podcast journey that he had started 2 years earlier. He has been continuously and for every week uploading a new brand new episode and that's a great achievement according to me. And so let's try and understand what's the secret behind all of this. So please join in and welcome Jivraj Singh Sachar from Indian Silicon Valley podcast. Welcome to the Creative Punjabis Jivraj. Thank you so much Jashmeet for having me. I'm really excited to be speaking with you and sharing more. Yeah. So uh the term Indian Silicon Valley podcast actually that reminds me of a a TV show uh that was TVS Pictures. So basically mm-hmm. in that uh, the main lead had this ki India ka Silicon Valley or Silicon Valley is being built in Hiranandani which is in <laughs> Mumbai. Yeah. Yeah. Now I think it has shifted more towards Bangalore but that is right. what my memory of Indian Silicon Valley is. uh but from your lens like how did you thought of starting a podcast in 2020 and uh, why indian silicon valley podcast sure uh, i think um, it starts off with the fact that um, i always want to still build a business and uh, i actually come from a background wherein i've studied uh, commerce and so i've yeah. not seen a too much of technical innovation per se right i have not been an engineer so i have not built products myself or at the time i had no idea of the world but i used to always be fascinated by how products are built and so i was consuming a lot of content anyway uh, also the other thing is i'm from calcutta and in college oh, while i was aware and i was trying to do as much as i could i realized that i didn't have uh, you know role models who built large institutions so i used to resort to a lot of the us content and read about mm-hmm. you know the airbnbs ubers of the world and i was fascinated as still am by silicon valley because silicon valley i think it just stands for innovation and it has right. built so many large institutions which have created incredible value right the apples ubers uh, facebooks of the world uh, and that was always fascinating and so when me building a business coincided with my fascination for silicon valley i realized that okay i can start a company but i probably don't know how to today how can i learn how to build a company and that's when i realized that okay i'm consuming all the content but you know airbnb is not in india so i can't contextualize right. it i wanted to know how the ola oyo is getting built right how a right. delivery is getting built what is the story behind flipkart Uh, and that's where i think being from kolkata played out well because in being in there you know i didn't have the ecosystem to tell me those stories so i was like okay let's chart it by myself uh, and understand what can it is really be so my fascination and curiosity to build a company and wanting to know more in an indian contextualized way mm. so that i can someday build my myself led me to be like okay i want to learn from the best and if i'm asking these questions because what media does today very well is you know tells us what ola does but i don't know how bhavish got there i don't know how ritesh of oyo got there and i wanted to focus on the how because i want to build right and, yeah. and so an amalgamation of all of this uh, wanting me to start a podcast and when i started uh, i think it was just luck i was like uh, silicon valley is the hub of innovation but mm. i feel india will be the next hub of innovation 
and I just put Indian in front of the Silicon Valley and uh, I keep propagating the message that India hopefully is now the epicenter of innovation and 20 years from today, we will all look back and be like everything that happened in India has led to global uh, technological mm. disruption. Uh, and so I was like, let's name it Indian Silicon Valley, cover Indian founders, mm. learn from them. Uh, and hopefully in the process, a couple of other people also want to know about it. So right. yeah, that's how I got started. And that's how I got lucky with the name. No, I think it's very, uh, very, I would say very relatable also for the Indian folks to relate to yeah. an Indian startup rather than a Western startup. Because yeah. at times you've also seen, we try to just, at times we try to just copy that Western story in India and for some startups it hasn't worked, right? So what better than to understand directly from the mindset of an Indian CEO, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the exact thesis because I mean, gone are the days where we are doing copycat ideas or copycat companies. We are now, I think all of us in India are just like innovating from ground scratch, building solutions which are specific to Indian problems in ways which are definitely Indian and very in a lot of industries, we're also taking global solutions, global problems and building out great companies in that spectrum. We've seen that with the likes of Infosys and IT services. Yeah. We've seen that with the likes of Freshworks, High Radius, Chargebee in now and Zoho in, you know, Zoho, SaaS. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We will now, of course, also see a, a ton of, you know, consumer companies come. That's, I think, the last leg Correct. of where we need to shine. Uh, and it's happening bit by bit. Healthify Me is a is a company which is doing really well uh, across mm. the board. There's Wadham Teas which sells tea exclusively to the US and other geographies. Mm. So we're right. getting there on that front as well. So I think very exciting times and a lot to be done from India. Yeah, absolutely agree to that. Uh, so I am gonna take you through the memory lane. Sure. Uh, if you can recall your first episode, how much time did it actually take to convert that? Like from the idea to thinking to approaching guests to actually recording that. Yeah, no, I'm actually, you know, very obsessed with my own podcast that way. So I remember almost most episode number names, even though I'm at like 120 plus right now. Yeah. But yeah. the first was Yash Kotak. And uh, I wish I could make this sound more fancy, but I was already in touch with Yash due to your previous project. So the caveat here is I was doing a content project before I started the podcast and that was also born out of a lot of curiosity knowing people's stories uh, and Yash was the person uh, he's the founder of Bombay Hemp Company uh, and I ran through this idea with him and he was like I'd be happy to be on uh, at that time uh, I think I didn't know what I was going to make of it and of course like I've come along with just personally yeah. in understanding how to carry a conversation what to ask what to discuss uh, and just like what needs to be brought out. Oh, but one of the things that I would not have done is I didn't ask anybody around me what they wanted. Uh, now, mm. that's good and bad. Uh, but in hindsight, more bad than good for me because I was just then, you know, a subject to my own limitations, right? So if you don't grow perspective, uh, what I did was very funnily enough, I recorded seven episodes because I was obsessed with the fact that you know, I want to have enough content in the bank before I release. Uh, right. That was all good. And until I released and by the time of the second and third episode, I started getting feedback and I'm like, okay, all of this is great, but I can't incorporate on any of that feedback because 
you know, I've already recorded seven, eight, and I have to push them out. And so my feedback loop became a very, a very weak that way. So that was one of the things I probably wouldn't have done. But uh, yeah, I think, you know, I have now started hosting Unicorn Founders and that's something people talk a lot about, at least when uh, somebody like me is wanting to start a podcast. But all I can say is you have to start somewhere. I think the more important part about at least something that compounds like podcast, at least the kind of one I do, is not going to be an overnight success ever, right? Maybe you get one episode which becomes like very, very viral or something yeah. like that. Yeah. But people will still come back only if you consistently push out content and are on top of their minds always. The idea is not to just like push out one piece of viral content. The idea is to be able to, at least for me personally, is to be able to continuously do what you set out to achieve, which is to answer the real how to build a company in India, right? The fundamental problem statement that I'm trying to solve with for myself and anybody else listening is, if you want to build a company, you should have all the knowledge resources possible to build one, right? What you yeah. do with that knowledge, where you come from, all of that is something that can be, you know, that's going to be contextual, right? But mm. at least from a knowledge-based standpoint, despite where you are, despite what background, what you do, what age you are at, you should always have that knowledge resource to be able to build a company. That's mm. my hash one goal. And if I think about that, you have to just stay consistent. So what I'm trying to say is I am now fortunate to host Unicorn Founders, but it didn't start like that. Uh, and while there is such a long way to go, all I can say is you have to start somewhere to mm. get someplace else, right? You can't. Yeah possibly hope to start off with the biggies at least I couldn't at that time because I came from no I didn't come from the ecosystem was very unaware mm. and things like that but yeah yeah and uh I think uh like the content I believe that you have created so that doesn't expire that doesn't has an expiry so as in when a person who develops or wants to come into that ecosystem when he or she will research that resources they will still find that relatable right so that's what I found unique in your content. So it's kind of a repository. Now you take whatever absorb uh, in terms of knowledge you want to absorb, you can absorb that. And for every, I think other part is for each sector, you have some or the other player, right? It's very like versatile in terms of the guest list also. So yeah, uh, a good job on that. Thank you. For 100 episodes, if I ask you, like honestly, uh, is there like if you can recall for that 100 episodes, how many cold emails or DMs like you have done? Like, is there a, a oh number like how much yeah. you have converted? No, I must have reached out to at least 25 people. And the one I did convert, which was Mr. Yashish of uh, Policy Bazaar, uh, mm -hmm. that happened after a year of DMing, uh, cold emailing him. And that also okay. happened because I was lucky enough that one of the IITs that I was in touch with, they held a e-summit. And okay. uh, thankfully, the one I was moderating at that event was, was with Mr. Yashish. And he recognized that I'm doing something good and responded that evening. Uh, mm. I don't think it would have converted had it not been for that. But at least 25 to 30 people. And one year before I converted the one I did, I wanted to do a public company CEO, uh, a person who has seen that journey of private to public. Mm. Uh, and mm. thankfully that really happened. But I think the struggle is continuous, right? Because 
if you're pushing the bar in terms of the kind of people you want on board, there is no bar to excellence. Nobody mm-hmm. comes and tells you that these are the kind of people you have to host. It's a benchmark you set for yourself. Uh, and thankfully, or at least the way I'm built, I try to keep pushing that benchmark. So the idea is that the way I look at it, I just sit with LinkedIn, sit with my emails and start emailing people without any expectations. Because the good part is I do this every week. So a hundredth episode was different. But um, anytime I get somebody on my show, it is a plus for me, right? And until it is a no, it is a yes. So continue Mm. trying. And until somebody has categorically refused to you and been like, okay, no, this is not what they can do for whatever reason that might be, then you respectfully agree and don't bother. But as Mm. long as you can be cordial in your approach, respectful in your approach, then it never hurts to try because I feel like, I mean, you can, I think there's a quote by the North Coast now, try to fail, but never fail to try. And I think I live by it. And uh, yeah, that's something I really cherish and hopefully can live by myself. Yeah, great. So I think, I mean, one of the reasons I asked and you also elaborated is because at times uh, anyone who's just starting in this journey right if they think like in the first five episodes it's gonna be like the viral content or maybe in the 10th episode they must get viral and i think as as a generation maybe i could say like i and we can't just blame them it's all around the platforms also like we are so obsessed with that viral thing so we just wait for maybe five episodes 10 episodes thing it's not getting viral and i'm not getting famous and we stop their process so by the time the returns were actually like going to start coming, you actually stopped that process just because you're like yes. somebody you are following or somebody you think is doing better than you. He got that viral moment a little earlier than you. So I think that thing requires a lot of patience, consistency and discipline. From outside, it looks like very simple and cool, right? Just to recording with the CEOs, founders, investors every week getting that episode out but honestly there has been a tough journey and hard journey right pushing yourself to the boundaries that i think you have done a phenomenal job so kudos to you yeah no thanks for that acknowledgement i think definitely something to reiterate i think i don't think anything comes easy and if you're playing that sort of a game where you know you want content creation to become your life and your life is spent on it and thus uh, or, you know, you're doing something in entertainment, which is massy, and that's why you want to become vital. That's fair. But especially in something that, that what I have done, I don't think there's any substitute to just like, as you mentioned, patience, mm. consistency, compounding, and just mm. being yourself, which is why starting it off with the right reasons is very important. If you start off with the hope to get glamour and, yeah. uh, you know, name, credibility, fame, all of that, I, I think that just, you know, dies after a point because those are not motivations that become true, right? Those are just like, you can't be yourself if you're motivated that way. But yeah, I think very important to note and this crystallizes why one should start something like this at least. Correct. So also like now you have done around 100 plus episodes. I think 122 is the count. Yes at the time when we are recording so uh, so anyone who is starting like you identified one niche that you wanted your like personal curiosity i would say to learn more about this ecosystem but anyone who is starting like they might have this question in the mind uh, hey jivaraj or hey jasmeet i wanted to start this but there is already some content already available right now there are so much bombarding of creators 
like yeah. you have some content available either, either it could be a blog either it could be an instagram reel or linkedin content in the form of like newsletter or anything right so that's where i think many of the folks uh, get confused whether they should start or not so according to you like how should one identify his or her niche and is it really important uh, like if there is already some content available like should we try and recreate that yeah. because i completely believe, uh, believe like you might have a lot of content now uh, available thanks to internet revolution but everyone has their own style of delivering own approach mindset so what's your personal take on that yeah i think uh, in a world where distribution is king or we should be asking what the people want and when we ask the question that what do consumers want to enjoy we have to create to know so the i think horizontal thing is start somewhere right but having said mm. that also think deeply about what is the unique value that you are trying to provide because i think content creation is one of the most difficult commodities to sell it does not have an immediate impact but you're fighting for time in exchange right you're not right. asking for money you're asking right. for the mm -hmm. most valuable asset that somebody has which is time right. our generation is time starved right so right. i think when you're asking for somebody's time to consume especially in what i do right long form content i think it becomes very 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 important to just identify and be realistic about what is the unique value that you want to provide so i think to the first question identifying your niche start with whatever you are passionate right because if you try to do something that's trendy if you try to do something that's inorganic to you inevitably you won't be able to do it for long enough right so if i started a podcast in in science and if it does not come to me naturally inevitably i'll not be able to put on a good show consistently over time right because it is not natural to me so i think it should be a combination of what are you passionate about what is the unique white space there and without complicating right so if you are doing something in so entrepreneurship right startups there were multiple podcasts already there cnbc does their own stuff right. if i would have thought about all of that i probably would have never started but i boil down to the aspect that okay media does what i will do how and if there are others doing it i will find my style as a host to bring out the best in the founders that i speak with and that became my unique value proposition and as long as you can define and at least you are cognizant of the fact that okay there's something different there just go ahead and start but an intersection of both of those points really matters uh, in terms of niche i think again we overdo and we think of okay how deep to get and stuff like that i think the important point is okay identifying a principle and then breaking it down to where it leads so i identified startups as a principle and then it was founders over time i've expanded actually i've started hosting venture investors sometimes i've also started hosting you know uh, some very core operators so the netflix business development india head on what is business development the sales head of spotify india on what is sales right mm. so so on and so forth you can always expand keep a wide canvas start somewhere and identify your unique value proposition and create because you consume as a consumer from multiple creators and so the consumer will choose if they like it or not 
if in a quarter, in six months, they don't, that's fair. Uh, define what the kind of people you're targeting is as well. Like I have never been as obsessed with, you know, getting millions of people and I don't have it also, so I can't speak for it. But I was clear from day one that even if, you know, 100 people are enjoying my content and the people on my show are finding that conversation worthwhile, I will do it. And so I started mm. off with that expectation and I continue staying true to that principle that are people who are coming on my show interested to be on having a good time? Can they think out loud? And can that content have an impact on a much larger base? Can it be thousands? Can it be hundreds? But as long as each person listening in is deriving value and that is irrespective of the number being true, I will continue doing it. So yeah, those are my two cents on that. Hmm. And just to add, I think the right ones will always find you, right? Who is passionate about that particular topic. So they will automatically reach out to your content. I, I, I believe that, right? Yeah. Uh, because there are like both kind of audiences, right? If today you have to buy a stock, there would be one person who will be like studying and putting efforts and going all through the reports, balance sheets and everything. And there could be other folk who will be just buying something from a 15 second read, right? So you have both mm -hmm. of the audience, right? Who would want to give in that effort uh, in terms of time, which you mentioned as an investment. So I think people are smarter enough. They know like wherever they are getting value, it's not about the, at least not about the duration, but if they think it's a value add, so they might stick on to that one hour episode also with that, uh, whoever Absolutely. they are following. Yeah. yeah so also true. like uh, you you like uh, partially mentioned the numbers shouldn't be a priority but uh, like competition is hard right now Spotify also earlier also introduced ratings and all right so somehow does that bother you because platforms also keep changing it's not about you or me or the audiences yeah. but platform itself trying to make that game a little more trickier and trickier yeah I think that's a very valid question and the way I think about it and this may not be representative of all content creators per se is mm. identifying why you started again. So the mm. fact that, and I'm privileged to say that, but my life does not depend on the podcast. And so the podcast remains to be something that I do with a lot of joy, passion, curiosity and intellectual honesty, which gives me the freedom to produce high quality content in depth. Now, as a result, what I'm doing is also not maybe focusing on distribution, on, mm. you know, the massy content that other people make. But that's mm. my choice. That's, a, that's the game I'm playing. I'm playing mm. the game of high quality depth content. So whoever, the number may not matter, but whoever listens needs to have a great, great experience. While at the same time, others are, some others are playing the game of distribution that I want to reach, you know, a lot of, lot of people, lakhs on millions of people. And uh, I want to be playing that game where I reach the most amount of people and my content needs to then cater to those kind of people. So for me, I think that becomes the mantra. And if you play the long-term game, uh, the question that, or the statement that I tell myself very often is, it would be hard for me to do this for five years continuously and still get missed by a lot of people, right? Mm. So numbers may come, they might come late, it might take time to compound. But if I do this for the next five years continuously, 
half my problems are solved, right? Because I think there was a very interesting statistic that I'm not sure of the exact percentage, but I think almost 90% uh, podcasts die before 21 episodes. And yeah. then another 90% of this 21 die before, I think, 50 episodes, right? So you're anyway amongst the top 1% if you are creating content consistency consistently okay. at scale. So the okay. question to ask yourself about some of these things is, okay, what is your time frame and all of that? But um, uh, the mindset that I have is somehow unique. I'm privileged to have that. But I think that works best for me. And if that helps, uh, yeah, I hope that can be fruitful. I agree to that. That's a, a good perspective. And yeah. uh, not being too judgy about your content is also like one one should do. Uh, the most interesting part that we do is we also trying to understand the process. So if like today, if you have that wish list person who you wanted uh, to get on your podcast today. So what yes. would be your typical process like to prepare for that particular conversation? And this, sure. the, the reason I'm asking is because when you have that 40, 45 minutes with the C-level executive or the CEO or yeah. the like uh, investor or anyone, right, uh, who who is sharing their valuable time with you. So you want to take out the best out of that 40 minutes, right? So is there a framework or I'm sure it might not be to for the first few episodes, but now do you have like decoded a framework that that works the best? And this brings out the best out of my guest. So if you can share a little bit about that, that would be great. No, for sure. I think uh, this is something I personally spend a lot of time thinking about as well, right? Because as I said, when we think about time and if somebody who's running a company worth millions of dollars is spending time on your episode uh, for an hour, I think that's a privilege. And how do you ensure that you're utilizing that time well? Uh, is a very, very important question to ask. The way I look at it, uh, and I am very, very preparation heavy. I also believe that sometimes what looks like flair is a lot of, lot of preparation in the background, right? So to get things right, when I have, so I'll answer two things, in fact. So one is what is the preparation once somebody says yes, and one is, you know, if I have a wish list and how am I approaching it? So if somebody said yes to be on my show or before, when I know I want to approach somebody I really, really want to have on the show, I will go through as a rule of thumb, all video and audio content about them, right? So it could be somebody who has one audio podcast. It could be somebody who has no, it could be somebody who has 15 video podcasts on YouTube, but I know I will go through all of them and that becomes my first point of touch. So be very heavy on research. Two, uh, this is difficult at the start, uh, rather challenging. But over time, you develop an intuition for what works best in conversations. And that is where fresh perspective combined with patterns tells you that, okay, if we were to ask a set of these questions, because A, this is what the person is good at, because I've already gone through the research. Two, this is what I am genuinely curious about. And three, this is what I have not already covered on the show. And this is what this company stands for, which is why if I bring this out, people will like it the most. Because eventually, you can't just think what the other person wants to talk about. You have to also have that lens. Okay, what do people want to know about them, right? So a combination of all of these three things combined with a lot of research 
provides a good framework. Now, the framework is all good and done, but you have to put it in words because I think I think clear writing, Shane Parrish talks about it a lot. Clear writing is bad thinking, nowhere else to go. And so if you write down that structure or whatever your mechanism for breaking down processes is, do that so that you can crystallize a broad structure in your head and then have that as the benchmark for each new conversation. And the final loop to this is take continuous feedback. Every time I end a conversation, and this is to date, I will take categorically a minute of the speaker's time to ask them, how did you like the conversation? What is your feedback? What can I do better? What did I do wrong? And I ensure that it's a minute-long conversation at least so that I can fresh have reiteration as a cycle built into my process mm. because that's how you keep growing. And this I've been doing as a practice since I maybe the fifth or the tenth episode. So I've had two years of feedback, mm. especially on how to get better. And I keep on continuously improving on top of it. Yeah, documenting that feedback is also important, right? So don't just get feedback. Don't just have ideas. Don't just absorb content. Document all of this structure uh, it better and better and then find patterns over time to find your own style. But definitely, I mean, have benchmarks for yourself to become a better host. What I started also doing is, you know, reading a lot on what communication science involves. In fact, as we speak, I am more than happy to suggest this application called Poised, which actually tracks your communication when you're on a Zoom meeting, when you're on a Google meeting, when I'm on this, right? And it will give you a scorecard of what are you doing? What are you not doing? So if you are communicating as a host, you ought to be actually making tracking it, right? Or you ought to get better at it. It's very, I mean, almost hysterical that we communicate the most as a, as an activity through the day, we probably breathe, eat, and communicate, right? These are the most important things. But how But how much do we think about some of these things, right? Like I never thought about my style of communication until I was going to speak on stage. And I'm not talking about communication publicly, right? Public speaking is a different spectrum. But I'm, yeah. when I'm talking to a colleague, when I'm talking to a friend, when I'm talking to my parents, when I'm talking to anybody, right? All of those things are communication. So as a host, I've tried to become better at it as well. And recently, I got this suggestion for this amazing application. It's called Poise. I would recommend anybody listening to check it out as well. But uh, yeah, these are my hacks. And this is how I try to be full on. And over time, this becomes a cycle, right? Because if you do this for six months, you just get into a process where today, if you were to ask me what I want to ask Kunal Shah, or Vinod Khosla, who is somebody I dearly admire and would love to have on my show. That's my wish list. Uh, mm. I don't have to go back and search, right? Because I already have structures prepared. If I have to talk to a Sachin Bansal of Flipkart today, uh, anybody, right? Like at least the renowned ones. I, I, I have not maybe proactively searched about this, but because I'm in an engine where I continuously know what I'm doing, I'm, you know, self-absorbing myself with all of this amazing curious content by choice I know what I want to ask some of these people so you get into that loop and that becomes very important but yeah that's my long-winded method <laughs> no I think thanks for uh, elaborating this all in detail uh, it, it will help the audience and it will also help me also because I'm still Absolutely. in at my 13th episode I think so it's a long journey for me 
So I'm going to personally uh, like note down and work on some of the things that you mentioned also the voice app that you mentioned. So I'm going to try that also. So yeah, I've been mean, great, great. Uh, thanks for sharing that. That personally helps me as well. My pleasure. Thus, we talked about now the framework is there. Anything on in terms of the the distribution or kind of platforms one should like start with? I've seen. In fact, I can share my personal learning also. Like I only started with audio only initially for first I think seven episodes. And then somehow, right. because I wanted to reshare the content on other platforms as well. So I started video content as well, so that I can get the clips out of that. So, so for anyone who is starting, like what's your personal learning or uh, like, is, is it like the video thing only, or is it like go for audio, get comfortable and then eventually expand into the other mediums or think about other mediums? I think uh, therein start with a low friction mechanism. So if video comes naturally to you, do that. If writing long form comes naturally to you, do that. Start with a blog. Uh, if talking comes naturally to you or if asking questions, if you're doing an interview format comes naturally to you, do audio. But don't let medium become yeah. a bottleneck to starting off. Uh, in this spectrum as well, right? That's the hash one. Uh, yep. important point to note post that you can always iterate and you never know what people like right so don't let your experiences become a bottleneck as well right don't presume this is what people want go test it out and maybe they'll tell you what they want so for a long time I, I am still not doing video very aggressively because I'm a one person team I have a day job and that becomes uh, that takes precedence but uh, I do audio for sure. And in case I'm able to do video, I'm happy to do that as well. Because people were like, I also consume video, right? And so I was yep. like, that makes sense. So do that. But since you're getting started, I mean, do what comes naturally to you. I haven't been able to do reels as successfully. I started once, but it was too time consuming, right? Yeah. Uh, so I made peace with it. So you have, yeah. to, you have to figure out what's your style. And if yeah. your style is suited to one platform more than the other, do that. There's no one right answer. There's the one that suits for you. And you can only know once you start. So start with what's natural. Try the different weird things. And then you'll get to know, okay, maybe you're good at something else and continue with that. So I think that works best. Uh, but getting started is key. And don't let equipment, don't let medium, don't let uh, niche become, you know, what will next level. I think uh, I have seen your LinkedIn content. So I found that also very engaging at times, like some of the posts that you post. So they are very engaging. So yeah, not sure. I haven't checked about Instagram reels that you had created earlier, but I will check out that also. Sure, sure. Yeah. For all these hundred plus guests that we have already onboarded uh, and talk on your podcast. Apart from that, you also are hosting some offline events also. Yeah, that I get to know from your uh, story. So yeah. what has your, if I would ask like uh, a summary of all these folks who have made it, like what qualities, like as a retrospective, do you like do some retrospective, like these are like the five or maybe three or I don't know. I mean, it should not, we should not name a number to the qualities, but these are like the top things that these people had and that's where I want to focus or anyone should focus. If you can share that, 
No, absolutely. I think large part of what I do is collect data points on how some of these people think, behave, and execute. And that is the real, true insight to what I'm doing, to be fair. So the way I look at it and my mental model um, is that some of these people have some of the following qualities, right? In some shape or form, they radiant this. So one is that they are very, very self-aware and are mm. very clear thinkers, right? What does that mean? I mean, most of life, at least the way I used to look at it, was very, very reactive in nature, right? And very, very autopilot. So, you know, you were told that you have to study, excel in academics, told that okay, you want to do engineering after that, told that you want to get a good job, get married, have children, retire, right? This is the formula right. for life. Yep. And while that's a great formula and stands true for a lot of people, some of the 1% people, in my opinion, have the ability to reflect more about their own decisions and clearly think about how they want to shape the future, how they want to take proactive decisions and how they want to be deliberate about their own actions, right? They don't mm. want it to be commanded by a rule book, which is already established. They want to set out to create more impact. And the way to do that is by being more deliberate about some of these things and just having that awareness of what are you doing, why are you doing it, and how can you keep pushing the boundaries of what you want to do in order to achieve or get where you want to be. So that mm. requires a lot of clear thinking and clear thinking more often than not comes from a lot of self-awareness, self-realization. Mm. Right. Now, that's the second part there is some of these people are very, very long-term thinkers and understand compounding very, very well. Now, here also I feel, especially, you know, our generation, the Reels generation and all of that, uh, and I speak for myself included, uh, we are just used to instant gratification, right? We yeah. just want like things to happen in a click and we want results to show instantaneously. Instantaneously, yeah. Unfortunately, the best things in life uh, don't come instantaneously. They take time to compound. Uh, and we are also often very looking, you know, for fun, for entertainment, for that kick, that high that comes from things. But very often the best things are actually boring. And in that boringness is where you find or you adapt and find the joy. So just understanding the cycle of compounding and taking a long term view to how things happen can be a game changer. Because as a founder, you know, the best part that I've observed in people is that it's not like they're very, very happy when a funding news comes out. And it's not like they are very, very sad if they have to, if at all, they have to fire somebody, right? Mm. Uh, they are, the highs are very high and the lows are very low in startups. But founders have a sense of purpose that drives each action and they don't let the high or the low impact their initial purpose and action. And that's very, very true. For them, they are stable in respective. It's not like, They'll, they'll get super, super, super high. It's not like they'll get super, super. And again, this is all 90% of the time. There are exceptions mm. and all of that. Uh, but I think all of this comes from keeping a very, very long-term view of what you want to do and understanding that things take time. So being patient about it and letting actions compound is very, very core to some of these great, great people. And 
And the third, if I were to mention, and I think I've mentioned more than three to be fair, but uh, uh, I think they're just like content yet hungry, right? Very often when we think of contentment, we think somebody is lazy and they've just like, you know, stopped pushing. But true contentment in life comes from the fact that you can be content in, in things that you already do while at the same time have the hunger to keep pushing. And yep. I think that's when the best action comes out because so, you're not looking for sell, you're not looking for external validation anymore. You know that your heart is in the right place and you're continuously looking at pushing the boundaries of what you do while not being impatient about the action. I think Naval says impatience in action and patience in results. And I think that really sums summarizes it right so i think mm. yeah those are some of the things that i have over time learned i've tried to reflect a lot on and also try to practice in some some shape or form in my own life now mm. i'm gonna yeah. cut this into a reel now <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know i hope it helps <laughs> yeah yeah definitely so thank you for sharing that uh, with us and elaborating that as well and now want to I mean, if at all now you get time after all of this, the job and the recording and the research and then cold emailing. So what is like the other things that you like to pursue like in terms of hobbies, like reading or watching anything whenever you get time? If you can share some of the things with us. Sure. Uh, What I try to do is, I mean, sometimes it, it gets very easy to just be in your comfort zone. So very often I think, for fun, I usually like play table tennis. I hang around with friends. I listen to music. Uh, I play board games. That's something I really like if I'm in company. And if I'm by myself, I'd like, I'd love to like watch something on television, Netflix, uh, usually like something old itself. So Friends or Big okay. Bang Theory or Suits, right? Those are uh, on repeat for me while having meals or something like that. But um, yeah, apart from that, I try to be deliberate about consuming different type of content in the sense that I listen to a psychology podcast, uh, uh, The Hidden Brain, which I really like. Uh, and that okay. that takes some of my time. I love The Knowledge Project by Shane, Pro- uh, Shane Parrish. I think that's, that's incredible. And everybody should hear it, literally everybody. And yeah, similarly, I have a couple of other things, but usually like uh, uh, all of this and, you know, including drives, I love being part of long drives with a friend or something by myself and uh, yeah I guess that keeps me occupied but these are the things I do beyond work and podcast whereas I don't think of the podcast as work for sure yeah yeah, still any any book that you're currently reading or you want to recommend I'd be reading a bunch uh, and I wish I was a better reader to be honest but (laughs) I have gotten the habit of reading more I'm currently trying to finish Think Again, uh, which is a book by Adam Grant, which is a who is a, who's one of the most clear thinkers of our time. He's a professor at Wharton. He has a lot of famous TED Talks. Uh, and that book is actually about uh, rethinking our own assumptions. It starts off with a case study on BlackBerry, where BlackBerry couldn't keep up uh, with an iPhone or an Android because they stuck to their keypad innovation and couldn't question their own selves. So that's why the title, Think Again. Can you rethink your own assumptions? Um, So yeah, it's a good book and hopefully I can complete it. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And uh, 
like we are coming towards the end of this conversation uh so how would you define creativity i think building value or generating value from scratch is creativity mm. for me okay. so it manifests in different ways for different people but true okay. creativity just lies in building something from scratch that can eventually generate value for one or more key stakeholders so right. yeah okay fair enough and uh, for anyone who is listening to this podcast uh, any fun valuable piece of advice if you can share you already shared a lot but if anything that i didn't ask or i missed on asking please feel free to share uh, any any thoughts yes. that you have on a lighter note the one valuable piece of advice will be tune into the indian silicon valley podcast and always yeah. listen to each episode okay <laughs> but uh, that that's just just like for now but uh, i think on a broad basis I just feel fortunate to be in a position where I am and all I can say is pay it forward as much as you can so at least in my limited capacity I try to share as much as possible with anybody that I get and I feel almost as a responsibility to be able to share the things that I know even if it's individually even if it's through content even if it's via a group so and everybody has it right everybody has something to share or know something more than what somebody else does not so if right. you are in that kind of a position my only broad learning has been try to give it forward right because i i try to do it in my limited capacity and more importantly i just found so many people to come and help me out right so if i can share something it is that if you have an advantage in something be it knowledge resource skill and if you are in a position to share it please be graceful about it and continue sharing as much as possible with those who can take advantage of it i think that can be a superpower and that's a superpower we all build to it we don't have to go out and fight it yeah that that's awesome thanks for sharing that and i think there are tons of learning in this episode and tons of learning that is already out uh, in the form of episodes that, uh, that indian silicon valley has already released and wishing you many more milestones and i would not say new episodes but the more many more learning hours with indian silicon valley podcast right Absolutely. so wishing you a lot of success hopefully we celebrate more milestones maybe 200 500 episodes as well and amazing content keep keep uh, sharing the amazing content keep making us feel like we are also like uh, in the same room with that ceo with that same person getting our thoughts in line we don't always have to like ask personally there are some information that is already available right and i think one such information is your uh, valuable and uh, insightful content that you make and release every week so Yeah that's pretty much i had for today and it's it was a personally a lot of learning for me as well and yeah thank you for joining us at creative punjabi shivraj thank you so much jasmeet for having me it's been an absolute pleasure to be on this show and you're doing an amazing service to all of us to be able to create this content and sharing stories of multiple amazing people so thanks for yeah. what you do and thank you so much for having me i hope everyone listening in can find some value in our conversation yeah definitely